0: Well, good morning. I'm glad to be here with you today. I hope you're glad to be here. We're in the middle of a series we've titled Misquoted, and it's Talking about a lot of things that people quote as supposedly taught in the Bible that really aren't. And our topic today is that Christians should never judge the behavior or words of others. You, as a Christian, don't have a right to judge anyone else. If you ever look at Facebook, and anything in Facebook that has reference to do with Christianity, you might think if you didn't know better that this is what the Bible says about the topic of judging. Judge not. And nothing else that comes after that or before that should have any influence on what we say or what we do. You know, this has played out for us in the public media just this past week. And... Uh, when Yancey put this up here, he goes, oh, is, is it about football? And he said, I thought Jeremy was preaching when I pulled this up. Because just this past week, we had something that go, went on very publicly. This guy right here, his name is Drew Brees, and he is maybe the best quarterback in the NFL, has been for years, one of the top. He encouraged students to live out their faith on bring your Bible to school day. I don't even know what date that is, but there's a national Bring Your Bible to School Day, and he made a little video, and in the video he talked about his favorite passage was that we live by faith and not by sight. And He said, you know, we need to live out our faith, and we need to bring our Bibles to school. Those of you who do that, don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid to do that. Is there any problem with that? Well... He began to take some heat for appearing in this Focus on the Family Bible video. And Focus on the Family was the group that promoted his video. Here's another headline. NFL quarterback appears in commercial for anti-gay extremists. Now this was a video where he said, take your Bible to school. He never mentioned homosexuality or anything else in that. But focus on the family has had a very public stand that politically in our nation, our laws should recognize the biblical definition of marriage. And so whoever wrote this headline said, well, he appears in a commercial for an anti-gay extremist. So he decides to respond to speculation that he is anti-LGBTQ. Because that's what they have accused him of being anti. And so he decides to set the record straight. He says he is not anti-gay. CNN says Drew Brees says he doesn't support a conservative Christian organization after appearing in a video they made. So... What happens is he makes this video and somebody writes the story that says he's an anti-gay extremist or a supporter of them and the Twitterverse blows up and he is right in the crosshairs of all the people who say that's a problem. He responded to that and I want to read to you his, his response. He said this. There's been a lot of negativity spread about me in the LGBTQ community recently based upon an article that someone wrote with a very negative headline that I think led people to believe that somehow I was aligned with an organization that was anti-LGBTQ. I'd like to set the record straight. I live by two very simple Christian fundamentals. And that is, love the Lord with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. Hopefully, this sets the record straight with who I am and what I stand for. Love, respect, and accept all. That's his response. What do you think? What do you think he means by that? You know what that means? That means I don't judge anybody. I love God. I love people. And I don't judge anyone. Because Christians are not supposed to judge. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says judge not that ye be not judged. And I told Carrie when she asked me how the lesson prep was going, I said, It's kind of odd because this is a really simple topic because every human being in the audience today will know that we're supposed to judge sometimes, right? We all know that. I could stand up here and be done in record time and say, no, that's not true. You ought to judge sometimes and sit down. But what does the Bible really teach about judging? It does say this. It says judge not that you be not judged, yet it also says do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. It seems like there's a distinction between some judging that's okay and some judging that's not okay. Do you think that's fair? Do you think that's accurate? You know, in the lesson this morning, what I'm going to do is I'm going to use the word discernment for the kind of judging that is okay and judgment for the kind of judging that's not okay because, you know, like the word love in in the Bible, it's translated love, but it's several different Greek words. And to say I love my wife is very different than saying I love steak or I love ice cream. The word love is the same, but it means very, very different things, right? And that's kind of the way the word judge is. It can have very different meanings. In fact, when you look at it, the the judgment that the Bible forbids us to make is the word crino, which is, ju- is to mentally or judicially condemn someone. Mentally or judicially condemning. Where the other kind, the discernment, is these four words, and they mean to examine, test, or evaluate the evidence you have for the purpose of coming to a wise conclusion. So the difference is I decide you're right or wrong and go into heaven or hell on one side and I judicially condemn you or on the other side I look at the facts and I make a reasoned decision based on the things that I see and I think of it. We know that we have to have some judgment in our lives, don't we? Now we read a story, Jacob read a story for us about James and John, the Bible says they were the sons of thunder. That's what Jesus called them. They must have been something else. They go to this, Jesus goes to this uh, Samaritan village and they didn't accept him. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? Now, do you remember the story of Elijah calling fire down from heaven? It was a long time ago and there were these pagan priests, these false priests and Elijah, and he said, Let's just find out whose God is the real God. You build an altar and I'll build an altar. And so they built their altars and he said, Now let's just call on God and have him burn the sacrifice. And they called and cried to their God to start the sacrifice on fire. Of course it didn't happen because their God wasn't real. And they cried and they cut themselves and cry out and nothing happened and Elijah mocked them and made fun of them he said yell a little louder maybe he's gone outside and he can't maybe he's taking a nap he can't hear you and they yelled and hollered and it didn't work and then he took his sacrifice and he poured barrels of water all over it and he said god so they'll know you're god and fire came down out of heaven and it burned up that sacrifice, and it licked up all that water, and it burned up the rocks. There wasn't even an altar left. James and John see these people reject Jesus. And he said, Lord, (laughs) you want us to just call down fire from heaven? Do you feel that way about people who reject the Lord? Do you ever watch TV and see someone who's blasphemous about Christianity? and think, you know what, I just... Lord, well, you know what Jesus did. The Bible says He rebuked them and said, do you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. He said, guys, are you kidding me? I didn't come here to destroy people. I came here to save them. That's a kind of judgment that Jesus came to have that was different than the judgment that James and John had at that moment. You know, in the Bible, we are commanded to judge certain things, and we are forbidden to judge other things. I want to look briefly at some of these things. The number one thing is the Bible teaches everywhere when I go to judge, I need to judge myself first. That's the first thing. The passage that uh, judge not that you be not judged is in. Matthew chapter 7. What he says is this. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye but do not consider the plank in your own eye? His point here was that they were standing around criticizing and condemning other people for the very same things that they were guilty of. Can you imagine somebody with a big old log sticking out of their eye? Looking at you and going, you look silly with that speck in your eye. We'd go, dude, look in the mirror. Right? The Bible over and over and over tells us to examine ourselves. Do you do that? Do you examine yourself? Do you think about whether what you're doing is pleasing to God or not? I hope you do. The Bible says this, "But let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup." We're going to have the Lord's Supper here in a little bit. We got bread, we got fruit of the vine. What do you think about when you take the Lord's Supper? I can remember as a kid thinking I need to think about the 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 sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And the church I attended had those little square linoleum tiles. You remember those that That was what the floor was, and I can remember looking, finding an intersection, and trying to envision the cross, you know, and using that to envision. That's not what the Bible says to think about when you're doing communion. He says, when when we come to this, I'm to examine myself in the light of the sacrifice of Jesus. When I do that, I think about the life that I've lived this week. I think about the choices I've made. I think about the words that I've said. You know, when I do that honestly, I understand why Jesus died. I discern the Lord's body. I understand the Lord's body and His blood. He says, examine yourself. You will never, ever grow or improve unless you start with self-examination. He says also examine yourselves whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. This is taught over and over throughout Scripture. When you go to judge, the very first person on your, or in your line that you start your judgment with needs to be you. Not your husband or your wife or your kids or your parents or the other people at church or the dope smoking hippie next door. But you start with you. Second, we are commanded by God to judge each other. I'm to judge you and you're to judge me. We're commanded by God to do that. Look at this passage. Do you not judge those who are inside, but those who are outside, God judges. Therefore, put away from yourselves the evil person. This is 1 Corinthians 5. And what's going on here is they've got a guy in the church who is... I'm going to reveal my age here with my terminology, but shacked up with his stepmom. Now that's pretty immoral. I mean, that's pretty egregious. And you know, they were welcoming this person in the church. And not only that, they were rejoicing for how tolerant they were that they would just accept anyone. In fact, I can almost hear them saying, we live by two commands and we don't judge anyone. And he says, you better. He said, God will judge those that are outside. You judge those that are inside. And he said, if you've got someone in your your church family who claims to be a brother, who's an extortioner or an idolater or an adulterer? He said, you kick them out of the church. You don't even eat a meal with those people. You remove their evil influence from the church. You can't just allow open sin in a church and not address it. The church is not the world. Now a little bit earlier than that, he says this, I've written to you not to keep company with anyone who is named a brother who is sexually immoral. He says, I told you not to have anything to do with sexually immoral people. He said, I didn't mean people out in the world. You'd have to, you know, we'd all have to move to Mars to get away from that. You can't can't stay away from it in the world, he said. But if anyone who's called a brother, I mean someone who claims Christ, is sexually immoral, or an idolater, or an adulterer, or all these things, extortioner, a railer? He said, "You don't have anything to do with that person. You rebuke them, you reject them, because they've rejected Christ." We are commanded by God to judge one another. You know what? If I am living in open sin, I'm going to lose my soul. Right? If you love me, can you just look the other way and let me do that? You can't. You know, the world doesn't have a spiritual mindset. The world doesn't understand. They think sinful lifestyles are fun and are cool and are just the way things are. But Christians know better. You know better than that, don't you? You know better. And if you know better, and I've got that problem, you need to come tell me. You need to help me. And you have to judge. You know, he says, if any man who's called a brother be an idolater, an extortioner, or covetous is one of them. Covetous. If I'm covetous, you're supposed to judge it. How do you know if I'm covetous? I mean, can you imagine making that judgment about someone? Me coming to you and go, Brother Chris, man, you are covetous. you got a problem. I can imagine. Oh yeah, what makes you think you can judge me? Now, Chris probably wouldn't say that. He'd go, why do you think that? But the truth is, God commands us to make those judgments about each other. We are required to do that. We need that. Another thing we're required to judge are the teachings that we hear. He says in 1 John, Beloved, now that says Matthew, but that's supposed to be 1 John. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. It's John chapter 4, first Verse. He says, don't you just believe everything you hear. I came in last night. I'd been working on the lesson, finishing up the PowerPoint and stuff. And I came in and Carrie was sitting there watching TV. And she said, I learned something today. I said, oh really, what did you learn? She said, well, Joel Osteen told me. (laughs) And she'd had the TV on. I'm going to disconnect that thing, I think. You need to know better. Better. You need to judge the things you hear. I heard a guy on the radio talking about Christians and he said, this guy evidently is not a Christian. He was a sports commentator and he said, said, I've known lots of people who claim to be Christianity and there's only one I know that's real and genuine and that's Joel Osteen. You know, that's a guy who's just flat ignorant about what the Bible teaches. He just doesn't know. He doesn't know anything about it. I used to listen to political talk shows, and one day the political talk show I listened to started talking about the Bible. I want you to know that was a pooling of ignorance. Everybody calling in was totally ignorant about what the Bible said, and I got to thinking, you know what, if they don't know any more about the Bible than this, how do I know they know any more about politics than, than they know about the Bible? You know, we are supposed to test. In fact, he says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. He says, Let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. You know what you're supposed to be doing right now? You're supposed to be listening to the things I teach and judging them. Is what I'm teaching true? Who's the audience here today? I hope he's not leaving because he's decided what I'm teaching is not true. <laughs> Who's the audience here today? It's God, right? It's not you. You're not the audience. You're participating in this thing. You're listening to what I'm teaching and you're judging it and you're deciding based on what you know of God's Word, He's teaching the truth or He's not. And if He's teaching the truth, I'm rebuked by that or encouraged by that or warned by that or whatever it is. And if He's not teaching the truth, I'm going to talk to Him after church and we're going to straighten this out. And he can get back up and teach what is true. We're supposed to judge the teaching that we hear. Have you ever heard the term garbage in, garbage out? I heard that just this week. Garbage in, garbage out. You know what? If you just open your mind and accept anything in, what you're going to get is just garbage. Because the world is full of that. We have to be discerning. The other thing we're commanded to judge is action. The Bible says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Now what that means is, I'm to judge your actions, and you're to judge my actions. And you're to decide, based on your relationship with me and the things you see in my life, you are to judge whether or not I'm overtaken in a fault overtaken. Now, if we spend enough time around each other, you're going to see some of my faults and I'm going to see some of yours. That's just going to happen. But it's different to be overtaken in a fault. And those of us who are spiritual and that the spiritual is the one who doesn't need to be restored. He said, if you're spiritual, you look at your fellow Christians and when you see someone overtaken, you go restore them. Now that word restore is the same Greek word that's used when Jesus saw James and John and Peter restoring their nets. Their nets were torn and they were working on them. They were repairing them. They took something that was useless and made it useful again. And that can happen. I've seen that happen in people's lives. I've been a part of that process in people's lives where they were overcome and overtaken by a sin. And those that loved them and cared about them helped them restored them. Didn't just look the other way. Didn't just wash their hands of them, but loved them and cared about them and tried to help. He also says this. He says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. There was an old preacher years ago named Marshall Keeble. I don't know if any of y'all ever heard of Marshall Keeble. But one of the things that he used to say is, I'm not a judge, I'm just a fruit inspector. (laughs) He would inspect the fruit. You know what? God commands us to do that. God commands me to look at the works of the people who are teaching and go, you know what? That guy may have some things to say, but he is not... The the fruit that's produced in His life is not. The fruit that's produced by His teaching is not godly fruit. We're commanded to judge that. But there's some things we're commanded not to judge. Okay, number one and things we're commanded not to judge. We're commanded not to judge harshly when we judge. The Bible says, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you who judges. Okay? What measure you use, what judgment you judge with. When I was growing up, I was a kid who always wanted to correct every technical error that I ever heard. If someone said two and they meant three, I had to point out that three was really right and two wasn't. And when you're like that, you get to be right a lot and you get to point out other people's errors. But one of the things I learned one time at supper, I'd gone and looked in the fridge and there was no milk. And so I came back to the table and my brother asked for milk and mom said, well, there's some in the fridge. And I said, no, there's not. Because I'd looked and I knew there wasn't milk in the fridge. And she said, yes, there is. And I said, no, there's not. And she said, yes, there is. And I said, no, there's not. Well, she would put it in the vegetable tray for some weird reason. (laughs) I still to this day remember the joy that my family had in my humiliation. (laughs) Why? Because I judged harshly And that's what came back to me. You don't want to be harsh. You don't want to be the kind of person that gives no one else any slack. If you don't give people mercy, you know what you're going to get back is harshness and no mercy. That's not the kind of people we want to be. That's not what God calls us to be. You know, some of the greatest, most decent, godly Christians in the world are people who have been places you would never imagine Just a couple of weeks ago I had a guy named Jimmy Hayes come talk to my class. He's a friend of mine. Jimmy spent 17 years in maximum security prison. He's been in some really, really dark places in his life. And he's willing to talk to other people and tell them, you know what? You can get out of the dark place if you come to the light. We don't want to be that harsh. You know, people are willing to just cut off someone like that a lot of times. We can't do that. We don't want to judge with harshness. We want to judge with the heart of Jesus Christ. Another thing we're not to judge is unbelievers. The Bible says, For what have I to do with judging those also who are outside? Do you not know, or do you not judge those who are inside? But those who are outside, God judges. You know what? I don't have to come to some decision and announce it to the world about what kind of person I think Taylor Swift is. I don't have to do that. It's not my place to judge people who don't claim Christianity. It's not my place to judge the people who are leading the LGTBQ+ and I probably said that wrong order but you know what I'm saying? It's not my place to judge people who hate on Christianity and Christian morality. I don't need to do that. I need to teach those that I can teach what's true from God's word. But I don't have to come to a con- God will judge that. God is going to take care of that kind of judgment. It's not my place, not even my need. You know, I can look at someone who's not a Christian and maybe they're a thief. And I can go, "Well, you know, stealing is bad. And it is. It's wrong. The Bible's very plain. They're, Let him that stole steal no more. But the truth is, you know, thieves are going to go to hell. Okay. What does that change about that person? You know, the truth is everyone who re- rejects Jesus Christ is going to go to hell. That's just the truth. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And the fact that someone stands before God as a Christ rejector will keep them out of heaven. It will. And it doesn't matter that they had, well, they were a Christ rejecter and they were a thief and they were this and they were that. All the ands don't matter. Either you're with Christ or you're against Him. Our job is to take the gospel that they don't have to lose their soul. That if they come to Jesus, if they come to the light, they can get out of the darkness. That's our message and our job. Our job is not to carry picket signs around someone's funeral talking about how they're going to burn in hell because they were involved in war or something like that. That, That's not helpful, and it's not Christian. It's not what God calls us to do. God will judge those who are outside. Third, we're not ever, ever to judge other people's hearts. Bible says for the Lord does not see as man sees for man looks at the outward appearance but the Lord looks at the heart have you ever had anyone judge something that you were doing or saying judge your motive and they were wrong that's happened anyone who's married has had that experience haven't you it happens Maybe the maddest I've ever been in my life at my wife was when she judged my intention about something and was wrong and she was just insistent she knew. (laughs) You know, I've done the same thing to her. The truth is, you can't see anyone else's heart. You just can't. You don't know. You may think you know. You may have all kinds of, but you just don't know. The Bible says if a man sins against you and turns and says I repent even seven times in one day, you forgive him. Now I'm just going to be honest with you. If you do the same thing to me four times in one day and I rebuke you and you go I repent, I'm going to suspect that you don't mean it when you say I repent. Right? But we don't have a right to judge the heart of another person. God judges the heart of another person. Don't ever be guilty of going, I know why they did that. Because you don't. God does. Even the passage that talks about rejecting someone, where He says if your brother sins against you, go to him. And then if that doesn't work, you bring one or two more. And if that doesn't work, you bring it before the church. Even that passage, the word that's used in the Greek when it says reject them means tentatively reject. The truth is, I don't know their heart. God will be their judge. I don't have to be their judge. All I can judge are their actions. And I can say, well, according to your actions, you have rejected the authority of Christ on every level that's available here on this earth. And so God tells me that we are to excuse you or reject you from the church because of this. But we can't know. God will be that ultimate judge. And lastly, we cannot judge the eternal destiny of anyone. The Bible says, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who is He condemned? Who condemns? It is Christ who died. You and I have no right to condemn or justify anyone. Now, you've been to the funerals where they preach them into heaven, right? Where, oh, I know this guy beat his wife and kids and cheated and was a druggie and an alcoholic and all this stuff, but way back when he was a teenager, he asked Jesus in his heart so we know he's sitting with the Lord right now. You've heard those sermons. The truth is you don't have any idea. You don't know because you're not the judge, and neither am I. I've also heard the other, uh, oh, dear, sainted, loving, God-fearing sister so-and-so. We know she's sitting right there with Jesus today and is in a better place. I hope we have faith in that. We have confidence in that. But we don't know. God is the judge. And so when we go to judging, there are things we're supposed to judge. We're supposed to judge ourselves, fellow believers, the teachings and actions of other people. But we are not supposed to judge harshly. We're not supposed to judge unbelievers. We're not supposed to judge anyone's heart. And we are certainly not to judge the eternal destiny of anyone else. None of those are available to us. You know, think back to John and James. Remember they said, let us call down fire from heaven because these people were rejecting Christ and they loved Jesus. These guys would be willing to die for Jesus. In fact, James would, not too long hence. John would never die, but he would be tortured tremendously for the cause of Christ. They loved him and for someone to reject Christ was a great offense to them. The Bible says Jesus rebuked them and notice what he said. He said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. And in, in putting this lesson together, like I said, it's pretty simple to go, okay, well, some things you shouldn't, some things you shouldn't judge, and, and that's what the Bible says. But what do you and I get out of this? Well, what we get is I want to ask you what spirit you are of in your judging. You know, Christians have a tremendous reputation for being judgmental. We've got a tremendous reputation for that. And I want to ask you to examine yourself and how you judge. I want to give you very quickly some tests that you can judge yourself in your judgment to know whether you've got that sinful judgmental spirit or not. Number one, does his failure improve the opinion I have of myself? When someone else does something wrong, and they sin, and I know about that, do, does, do I use that to justify myself? Does that enhance my opinion of myself? Philippians 2 says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. Nothing that I do can be judged based on what you do. It can't. And if I feel better about myself because of your failures, that's a judgmental spirit. If I justify my actions because of your actions, I'm judging by the wrong standard. You see, the standard I must judge myself on is the standard of Jesus Christ. And I don't measure up so well to that standard. Number two, am I judging by specific statement of Scripture? You know, there's all kinds of different conscious conscience issues that people have. When we were in public school, we were the most conservative people we knew. Our kids were. I mean, we were very, we didn't do all the stuff the other families did. And, and we, we just kind of stood out that way. When we decided to homeschool and got involved in a Christian homeschool association, we weren't near the most conservative people I knew there. And there were people that, I mean, <clears throat> had some real serious conscience issues. For instance, Halloween. Oh, my goodness. If you dress up your kids and go door to door and let them get candy, you know, you're celebrating the devil's birthday. How dare you? Was the attitude that people had. You know, the reality is people can, in in Romans, I believe it is, 14, he says if you have a conscience about something, then follow that conscience, but don't try to bind that on other people. When you're judging your fellow Christians, when you're judging me or other people, you need to judge by specific statement of Scripture. Jesus said in John 12, the word that I speak, the same shall judge you in the final day. Only the things the Bible specifically says are what's going to judge. You know, I, I grew up in a different time, and back, back when I was young, Today, the move is tolerance, and we just tolerate everything. Back when I was young, the move was the opposite. We'd chop and chopping and chop. We'd chop off everyone who's a little bit different or sees things a little bit another way and all. and and. I understand that, well, if this is true, then logically that's true. And if that's true, then logically this is true. And if that's true, then logically. And we follow this chain of logic and we get way down here and we're cutting off brethren for stuff that's way down this long chain of logic. And sometimes we find out we made a wrong turn in the chain somewhere. And Don't judge people by your convictions that aren't specifically stated in the Bible. Judge people by what God's Word says. Number three, does his failure cause me to seek vengeance? God said, Vengeance is mine. I will repay. There is never a place for you to seek vengeance on another person, it's just not there. And if his failure, his sin, their wrong cause you to seek vengeance in any way, you know, I think abortion is terrible. I think it's murder. I think it's killing unborn children. But that doesn't justify me taking a gun to an abortion clinic. It's just as wrong for me to kill a born human as for them to kill an unborn human. It's wrong. It's not my place to seek justice that way. Vengeance is God's. And if I seek vengeance, I've got the sinful kind of judgmental spirit. Am I eager to tell other people about their failures? That's a hard one, isn't it? You know? Because I get to, guess what? Guess what? You know what I heard? You know what so and so did? That is a sinful, judgmental spirit. God warns us repeatedly about not bearing tales and stirring up strife and separating brethren. It says that's one of the things that God hates. And if I have a great desire to share their failings with other people, what I don't have is a desire to help them. My desire needs to be to help them and not to make sure that I get to be the center of attention a little while while I spread their failures and their wrongs around Does their failure prompt me to review their past failures? Do I recount past failures that they've had? You know, when someone does something, they go, Yep, I knew it! I knew it! I remember 14 years ago they did the same thing. I knew it was going to happen. You know, when you go to court, one of the things that's generally inadmissible are previous crimes. Okay? Okay? If a guy has robbed liquor stores before and he's going to court for robbing a liquor store, they generally don't allow that into evidence. You know why? Because it prejudices people. They go, well, he's robbed liquor stores before. He probably... You know, maybe he did and maybe he didn't. This robbery needs to be judged on the facts of this case and whether or not we can prove that he did that. Same thing's true with us. I tell you, brothers and sisters, I don't want to be judged by my worst day. Do you? My worst day's terrible and I don't want to be judged by that. And let's don't keep bringing up past wrongs. If they do, you've got a judgmental spirit. Let the past be in the past. Let God take care of that. Finally, do I feel that I cannot forgive them when what they've done... I believe is so egregious and so hurtful that I just can't forgive. I'm just not going to. I'm done. It's over. I'm not going to forgive that. You know, forgiveness does not mean that you hug them and say it's okay because what they did wasn't okay. If it was okay, there wouldn't be a problem. Forgiveness means I don't hold that against you personally. It doesn't mean that I'm going to... You know, if you rob me, if you steal from me, I can forgive you without giving you a key to my house. Okay? It means I don't hold that against you in a personal way. If I'm to the point that I can't do that, I've got a judgmental spirit. Jesus gave the, the Lord's Prayer, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You remember that one? At the end, He only commented on one thing in that prayer. That one thing he commented on, he said, because if you don't forgive your brother, God won't forgive you. It's the only thing he mentioned. So I ask you now, we've talked about what's proper to judge and what's not proper to judge, what the Bible really teaches about that, and that wasn't a complete list, obviously. And now we've talked about this. Do you have a judgmental spirit? In your heart and in your life, when you look at other people, does this describe the things in your heart and your life? You I say, well, listen preacher, you, you just don't understand what I went through. No, I don't. But God does. And these commands, these things that God has required of us are from Him. We don't need more judgmentalism. We need more Gospel. We need to have the courage to stand up and say what God says. Not to stand up and yell at people and tell them how wicked they are. But the courage to stand up and say, God loves you and you don't have to keep doing these things. This is what God says. And He forgives and embraces and welcomes and cleans. He can take something that's as bright bright red as crimson and make it as white as snow if you'll come to Him. Now the purpose of my lesson, the purpose of my illustration was not to dump on Drew Brees. He's got to make his own decisions. The purpose was this, to ask you to think carefully. One, don't be scared off. Don't take a knee to the crowd if they criticize you for standing up for what God says. Don't ever do that. You stand for what God says. And number two, When you do, do it in a spirit of love and a spirit of hope and a spirit of grace and mercy, not in a spirit of judgmentalness and harshness. I encourage you to examine your life that way. Judge yourself today. And if there's a way we can assist you spiritually in your growth, why we do offer an invitation song if you'll come to the front and make that need known while we stand and sing.